You may have read this uh, in Union Parish a few weeks ago. A man, whatever possessed this guy to do this, he calls his wife, young guys, listen to me, this never will work with a girlfriend or anybody else. He calls his wife fat. Not only does he call her fat, he calls her fat at a party with a group of her friends there and a group of their friends there. She begins to chase him, not in love, and he begins to do what any good coward would do. He runs for his life. He goes and gets in a parked car, locks the doors, thinking he will be safe. (laughs) He was wrong. She got into a car and drove it very fast into the car that he was parked in. Did a lot of damage to the car. They were okay. She was arrested. Uh, She's going to have some legal problems over the next few weeks uh, with the state of Louisiana. And my guess is he's going to have problems with women across the world the rest of his life. Uh, there's the, the, my only explanation is obviously there's some, some gray matter missing. Uh, there was illegal drug use and lots of alcohol for those kind of behaviors, the temper uh, and the tongue. We're going to be talking about these this morning as we continue our series on relationships. And guys, I want to tell you this morning, in your marriage and then with your, with, with your kids and with your parents and, and with the people you work with, the people you go to church with, how you control and how you use your mouth, your speech and your words, and how you control your temper is going to have a huge impact on every area of your life. Blow this off at your peril. This is super important stuff. We're going to be in James chapter 1 is our scripture text. We're going to also use a lot of verses in Proverbs. So if you've got a pen, you can follow with us and write these down. But let's begin with this. You've got to control your temper and your tongue. You have to. If you want to be happily married, if you want people to want to date you, if you want people to uh, enjoy being around you, you have got to learn, and, and I would put in my notes in parentheses, with the help of God, because I don't think you can control these without the help of God, without God being in you uh, and without God's supernatural help, especially the tongue. In fact, I even think the Bible says that you can't control uh, the, the tongue without the help of God. Now, here's what some people think, like about the temper. They think, I'm, I'm just born that way. That's just who I am. Uh, that, don't blame your sinful, dumb behavior on God, okay, or on your parents. Years ago, I had a professor, a psychology professor, who was also a counselor. He had a, a private practice. He told us a story one day about a, a, a family he was counseling that was fixing just to explode. The, the dad had a terrible temper. He had home. He would cuss the wife. He would cuss the kids. He would break things. He, he hadn't got to the point of physical abuse, but it was right at that point. And so the lady's fixing to leave. The kids don't like daddy anymore. I mean, they're afraid of him. And so the, 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 the professor says he's talking to the man. And, and the guy says, I cannot control myself. This is who I am. I mean, these were church-going people. He knew the right words. God made me this way. Uh, I'm just bad-tempered. I have no control over it. He goes, okay, that's interesting. He goes, where do you work? He told him he worked at a factory in town. The counselor was familiar with the factory. He goes, 
So when you go out to work and things don't go your way, I mean, you will cuss, you will throw tools, you will scream, you will holler. And the man said, oh, no, 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 I don't do that because if I did that to my boss or to one of the leaders, I would get fired. I don't act this way at work. And the psychologist went, bingo. You do have control over your temper. You're just a bully and a little bit of a coward in that you will let it go with people who can't retaliate back to you. Don't say you don't have control. You do have control over these things. I want to give you, I want to give you several points that I think if we can put our hands on these things and let them get in our heads and our hearts, these will help us get these under control. And, and here's a test for you this, this week. Ask somebody who will be honest with you, not someone who's afraid of you. Someone who will be honest with you, do I have temper problems? And do I have a tongue problem? Ask a couple people this week who will be honest with you about that. So how do we get these under control? Let, let's begin with this. Keep in mind these are very powerful. These are very powerful. Your, your tongue is very powerful. In Proverbs 18:21. listen to what it says. The tongue has the power of life and death. Your speech, your words, your mouth is very powerful. It's to help you control it when you understand how damaging it can be or how beneficial it can be. Your temper is very powerful. Where, where I met Cindy uh, about 20 years ago... In College Station, Texas area, there were two prisons right near our church. And I always told people, I met Cindy, I was doing prison work, and she was in prison. And, you know, we fell in love, and I helped her escape and all that. But that's not really what happened. Uh, But we had people in our church who had been in prison, and we had a lot of people who worked for the prison. And one of my good friends was a guy who had worked for the Texas Department of Corrections for over 30 years. And here's what he told me. He said, a lot of people in prison are not criminals. No, he said, you definitely got criminals. You got convicts. You got people who are schemers and manipulators. But he said, a lot of people in prisons are people who lost their temper and did something really dumb that's cost them for years. I'll never forget him telling me this. He said, the most dangerous people in prison usually are not the murderers. He said, most murderers are in prison because they lost their stinking temper and they did something that they were going to regret the rest of their life. Your temper is powerful. Your tongue is powerful. Keep those in mind. Here's the second thing. Slow it down. A lot of times we get in trouble with our big yaps is that we run them too quickly. We get in trouble with our temper because we speak to, or we, we respond too quickly. James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, My dear brothers, he's speaking with some passion here. He says, take note of this. It's really like, it's really like at this point, he's saying, sit up and listen. James had already figured he's preaching. People had already gone to sleep, so he's trying to wake them back up. And he said, listen, take note of this. Get what I'm fixing to tell you. Be quick, everyone. Everyone includes who? Includes you. Includes me. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Quick or swift to listen. And then he uses the word slow twice. The word slow in your Bibles literally means uh, slow in time. It's the opposite of being quick at something. He says slow to speak and the word speak here literally means to express your thoughts. 
lot of times people go, I've got to express my thoughts. I, I tell it like it is, okay? Most of the time you're telling it like you see it or you think it. But what he's saying here is be slow. Don't be swift. Be slow to express your thoughts. Slow your stinking tongue down is what God's saying. Proverbs twenty nine twenty. Do you see a man who speaks in haste? Listen to this. There's more hope for a fool than for him. Wow. So slow your speech down. This doesn't mean be slow of speech like a southerner, like we are. It means to be slow to speak. And he uses the same word for anger. And, and be slow to become angry. The New Testament has two different words for anger. The word here is a, is a bitter, lingering wrath. It's the mad person. It's the resentful person. The other word that's used in many other places in the New Testament is the, the hothead. It's the outburst. It's the person who gets mad and who blows up. And he tells us here, slow yourself down. See, a lot of times you go, I, I've got to say something. I've got to get this off my chest. Slow it down. You feel that anger building up. And you go, well, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to slow it down. This is what God's saying, okay? I want you to see a little a cute video that I think illustrates this in a, in a positive and funny way. Once, there was a fly who spotted a piece of bologna with a knife sticking out of it. He landed on the bologna, and he proceeded to eat. When he had eaten his fill, he walked up the handle of the knife to fly away. He then plummeted to his death. The moral of the story? Don't go flying off the handle when you're full of baloney. Makes the point, doesn't it? <laughs> that's, that's pretty cute. Don't open the big mouth and run it angrily, especially a lot of times when you don't know what you're talking about. Slow it down, number one. Here's the second thing. Delay it. Delay it. Delay your speech. Delay your anger. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow, the opposite of quick, to articulate your thoughts and slow to, to wrath, slow to anger. Listen, you may need to address the problem. You may address it a whole lot better tomorrow than you would right now. You may be in one of those rare times twice a year when you have some righteous reasons to be angry, you probably will handle it a lot better, if possible, if you wait 24 hours before you start swinging a stick. This is a true story. It sounds like a country and western song, but it's a true story. Hospital chaplain noticed one day he's in the emergency room, and there is a man and a woman, both handcuffed to their stretchers, waiting to go into the operating room. He asked about their story. He hears their husband and wife. Here's what had happened. He was starting a new job that morning. She didn't set the alarm clock. He wakes up late. He gets the pistol and he shoots his wife in the arm to teach her a lesson. Not to be outdone, she grabs the shotgun and shoots him in the arm. 
So they're at the hospital, obviously in legal problems now too, fixing to go in the emergency room. And the chaplain hears this sweet little redneck couple. He hears them say to one another, the man says, honey, I love you and I'm sorry I shot you. And she reaches her pinky, you know, much as she can, being handcuffed to touch his and says, sweetie, I love you too and I'm sorry I shot you. (laughs) When would, when would it be right to shoot your spouse? If, they were, if Bigfoot was eating them and you had to wound your spouse to shoot Bigfoot, that would be justifiable probably, right? Okay, your wife or husband doesn't set the alarm and you're late to work. Here's my advice. Talk about it when you get home that night. You'll probably handle it a lot better, won't you? If you delay that response and you delay that anger. Okay, what do you do, what do, you do when, you, uh, when you get an email or a text or Facebook? Facebook, oh, it's notorious for the people just posting their junk on there. There ought to be a, a stupid filter that you can only post, and it won't, it won't come on for 24 hours on Facebook. Here's a good piece of advice. Years ago, I was told, back before you had email or you had Facebook or you had text message, you had to write letters. Y'all remember that, that day? Some of you old people do. I was told, you're mad at somebody, write the letter and don't mail it for a day. Don't mail it at least for a day. A lot of times what, what happens is, is, is you come back and you go, if I wait two days, you know, maybe I need to rewrite that letter. Maybe if I wait three days, I don't even need to send it at all. Delay is your friend if it's possible. Say, now, when you send a text or an email, it's done, friend. And it, you can't pull it back at that point. Or when it, when it comes out of your mouth, it, it's done then. So one of the best things you can do with a text message, email, Facebook, or letter, or face-to-face, is delay it. If you can give yourself some time, you will probably handle your tongue and your temper better. You're married. What do you do? Well, a lot of times you may need to tell your spouse, let's talk about this later. Give give me some space. Let's talk about it later. Delay is your friend. Here's another thing. Shut it down. Just shut it down. Just just zip your pie hole. Stop it is one of the things that God says here. I read this week someone said a lot of people need, uh, instead of chapstick, they need a glue stick. Just glue those mouths shut. I read this quote and I thought it was funny. Just because it passes through your small brain doesn't mean it needs to come out of your big mouth. Sometimes you will do the world and God better by just not saying it, okay? Just, just don't say it. Proverbs ten nineteen, Proverbs ten nineteen. When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Sometimes you just need to shut it down. That's the same way with your temper. In verse 20, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Now, here's what I've I've heard for 30 plus years as a Christian. People trying to justify their childish anger. Well, Jesus got mad. Since Jesus got mad, I ought to be able to get mad too. Study Matthew, Mark, and Luke and John very well. Three times in four years, it shows Jesus got angry. Two times, the beginning of his ministry, the end of his ministry, what he got mad about was is that the, the religious people were basically corrupting 
the, the work at the temple. They were keeping the non-Jewish people out. They, they were making it difficult for them to worship God. Jesus wasn't mad because he didn't like the color of the temple or he didn't like the new temple service time or he didn't like the, the, the candles. That's not the aroma he liked. He got mad about that. Another time, the other only time when Jesus got mad, it was when, again, the religious people were pushing people away and keeping them away from God. That's when he got mad. See, most of our anger is unjustified. And one of the best things we can do is we can just cool it. Just stop it. Proverbs 29, uh, 11. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. One of the most important things you can do sometimes is just zip your mouth and, and just do not deal with that anger. Just let it go. But here's the fifth thing, and I think this is real important too. Figure it out. Why, why, do you, why do you say the things you do? Why are you so negative? Why are you so critical? I, I, I don't mean to break your bubble. It's not because you're the smartest person in the world and everybody else is dumb and you just have all the right answers. Why are you so gossipy? Why are you so angry? I want you to see another cute video that I, I think it kind of shows where Christianity used to be on this issue. We all have times in our lives when we get frustrated, and we must accept the fact that anger is an emotion we will often experience on this earth. But make no mistake, anger is a sin. As Christians, we are never under any circumstances allowed to get angry at a person or situation. We are supposed to smile and stay calm and pray for God to smite the people that inconvenienced us. But we cannot express ourselves and our frustrations in any manner other than cheery and happy, ever. Anger is one of the many banned emotions that Christians are forbidden to have, along with sadness, doubt, and boredom. Basically, we are not supposed to feel anything other than joy. So if you feel anger creeping up on you, make sure you bottle it up and bury it deep down inside yourself so that you won't be guilty of getting angry. These have been Deep Thoughts from a Shallow Christian. Okay, that, that's some of the Sunday school type mindset that I, I kind of grew up with that, that, you know, you just don't ever feel this way and you just push it under the rug. And then that's the kind of people that go out and go psycho somewhere. The opposite extreme of that, when, when I was in graduate school, one of the things that you heard all the time is you need to express yourself, express yourself, get this out, express yourself. But, but what they found out is just mindless expression without figuring out why you feel this way and are doing it doesn't solve the problem either. Let's start with the tongue. Why do we hurt people with our mouths? Why are we gossiping? Why are we negative? Why are we the critic of every place that we belong to? What's going on with this? What, what's the deal? In, in Matthew 12, verse 34 and 35, listen to what Jesus says. You brood of vipers. What a way to start a sentence. How can you who are evil say anything good for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks? 
The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Here's what God said. Listen, this is so powerful. God is saying if the, if the normal bent of your mouth is slanderous, hurtful, harmful, vulgar, destructive, you've got a huge spiritual problem. It's a God problem right here. Either you don't know Christ or, or you're in a bad relationship with Christ. That's, that's really getting to the root of that. What about your temper? Do, again, don't blame, well, my dad was bad tempered, my mom's bad tempered, I'm just like them. That's how God created me. That, that's, no, that's not true. Why are you such a hothead? Why do you, why do you fly off the handle? Why do you mistreat people with your temper? And you wonder why your wife doesn't like you or your husband doesn't like you or your kids don't want to be around or your parents think you're odd or you don't have any friends. You can't play a friendly game of tennis or golf or whatever without breaking something. Nobody did that yesterday, did they, Brandon, at the golf scramble? Ephesians 4, uh, excuse me, Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, 15. Listen to what it says. See that no one falls short of the grace of God. And listen to this. And no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See, here's what's wrong with some of us. We've been mad for years. We got hurt by a mom or a dad. We got hurt by a boyfriend or girlfriend or an ex-husband or an ex-wife. And we're frustrated. And we have never pulled that thing out. We got a root of bitterness in our heart. And it's destroying us. In every relationship we bring that into. It's like the man who went to the doctor. He said, doctor, everything I touch hurts me. I touch my wife, it hurts me. I touch my kids, it hurts me. I touch my head, it hurts me. I touch my chest, it hurts me. I touch my knee, it hurts me. What's wrong with me? The doctor examined him. He said, you have a splinter in your finger. (laughs) Everything you touch is going to hurt you. And if there's something wrong in here, you're mad at people. They, They didn't hurt you. What do, you, what do you do about the temper in the tongue? Well, you, maybe you make an appointment this week and see one of your ministers. Or you make an appointment and you see Brandon. Or you get along with God and you really ask God to show you, why am I this way, God? Help me and change me in these, these areas. And then I want to give you one last thought that I think can help us I think it can help us as we we try to tame these things and figure them out. Use these in a positive way. Use them in a positive way. Now, how do we use our temper in a positive way? We'll start with our temper. Well, in verse 20, remember what he says. Man's anger does not bring about the righteous life God's desire. Here's one of the best ways to use your temper properly. Use it very sparingly. Very sparingly. Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Be angry and sin not. It doesn't say anger in itself is a sin. Anger is a human emotion. It says, Be angry and sin not. Here's what I found out about me, and I bet it's true about a lot of you. You can't get mad without sinning. Most of us can't. How many of you would agree with that? It's tough, isn't it? It's real tough. 
So the best way to use your anger positively is to use it seldomly, very seldomly. Set your goal to get mad one time a year. We're in April. Some of you have already used up everything through 2025. 2045. Psychologists have said for years, most of our anger is selfish. Jesus never got mad at anything that was done to him. Most of the time we get mad, it's based on frustration, sometimes for years, that we have not got our own way. So we are angry people. To use your anger positively, use it sparingly. Use it when you see the name of Jesus being hurt. When you see someone who can't protect themselves being hurt. When you see the church, not the carpet or the lights, but when you see something happen in the church where the name of Jesus or people are being pushed away from God, that's when it's righteous to be angry. But remember, righteous anger means that you don't say and do things that are sinful. So that's why most of us need to be very sparingly with it. But the tongue honestly holds a lot of positive potential. Let me tell you one positive thing you can do with your tongue. Is you can redirect people and situations with your tongue. Proverbs 15.1. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Years ago, it's, like, it's 25 or so years ago, I worked at a place where I was, I was with a co, co-worker, a co-equal, who was a hothead and who was mouthy. And, you know, as a Christian, your, your, your retaliation is limited. So, you, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing, that's frustrating. But I found out anytime I would respond back to this person kind of like they were coming off, it did not make things better. And when I read and learned this verse, I said, you know what? It's the word of God. I'm going to give it a shot. (laughs) And when I would do this with this person, they would say something snarky, critical, and I would come back and I would try to say something nice. I didn't always succeed, but when I would say something nice, say something kind, it was amazing how it would change the temperature. Use your tongue to, to, to help change the temperature of a situation or a room. And then let's go back to that Proverbs 18.21 again. The tongue has the power of life and death. You, we've talked about the death part of it, but you have the power in your relationships, in your marriage, in your family, with your kids, even with your parents. You have the power at work to use your words to bless people, to benefit people, to encourage people, and build people up. Isn't that awesome? You can make the world better with your mouth. Or you can destroy people. Use it in a positive way. I don't know where I read this. I've heard it for years, and I think there's certainly some validity to it, that for every one negative comment somebody says to you, it takes ten positive comments to offset that. So if somebody comes to you and says, you're ugly or you're dumb, you need 10 other comments to kind of psychologically help you balance that. Sometimes in life as a leader, as a parent, a boss, you have to say things that are hard to people. But can you say not 10 good things back to them? And remember, God's not left you or me here to be the judge and jury over other people. 
Lift people up. Use your words to bless and help people. How many of you saw or heard about the Britt McHenry uh, incident? This is a lady who works for ESPN. She's obviously pretty. She obviously makes a lot of money. She's on television. She was at a restaurant in New York City. This was a few weeks ago. And the parking lot says, do not leave your car overnight. Car will be towed. Do not leave your car overnight. The car will be towed. She left her car overnight. She went back the next day to get her car, and her car had been what? It had been towed. She goes into the towing place there in New York City. The lady reminds her there is a camera watching and listening to everything. And she goes into a tirade. I'm just going to share with you a few things that she said. And this would be funny if it was a television show. This isn't funny in real life. She, she told the lady, hey, you need to lose some weight. You don't have a brain. She's talking to the lady at the towing place. I have a college degree and you don't. I'm on the news and you work here in this trailer for this towing company. You have no skills or education. If I lose some teeth, maybe I could work here too. And what was even sadder was that some of the people at ESPN said, that's who she is. Beautiful, intelligent, articulate, hot-headed, out-of-control mouth. You can go through life being a disaster, or you can go through life blessing and building people up. And I want to challenge you for the sake of your relationships to choose to use your mouth and your temper God's way. Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, I believe there's a lot of things you and I need to try to understand and try to Get right with the Lord this morning. If you're here and you're not a Christian, or you're unsure if you are, this is the foundation for everything. If you're ready this morning, would you just pray with me and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to repent of my sin. I believe you're God's son and that you died and arose for me. Come into my heart, Jesus. And I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention for just a second. We're going to stand. And I want you to respond to what God said to you today. Maybe this morning you ask Christ in your heart or you're ready to do that. When we stand, would you come this morning and let us help you with that decision? That may be the fundamental temper and tongue problem in your life is you don't really have Christ. Maybe you're here this morning when you'd like to join our fellowship. We would love for you to. And One way you can do that when we stand is just come down here. We'll help you. We'd love for you to join our church this morning. And Christian, maybe today where you're standing, or maybe you want to come and get on your knees at the altar or pray with the minister, you need to say to God, forgive me. God, straighten me out and help me to be the person that those in my world need me to be. Let's stand. And as we sing and as God leads you, you step out.